Life can sometimes feel like it's pulling us in many different directions and even almost beating us up. But sometimes we're missing something important in our life because of all these distractions. It's involving God in our life and in our situations. To incorporate God in our life, it requires communication and time and prayer. Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church is sharing this message called The Priority of Prayer. I want to talk to you today about the priority of prayer. I just felt like we're in a tumultuous time, uh, and so what do you do? But anyway, we're in this season where I believe what we need to do is pray. And as I prayed about the message this weekend, I was reminded of a time uh, about 10 years ago when I felt like that the enemy was attacking more. That's the, the phrase I was using. I feel like the enemy is attacking more. And I don't know if you've, if you've thought that, if you thought the, the attacks of the enemy are increasing. Uh, and so I was in uh, with a friend of mine, Dr. Jim Morocco, uh, uh, and I, I go places to minister. And when you're called by God, you have to go everywhere that God calls you to minister. He pastors in Maui, Hawaii. <laughs> and so Debbie and I, when we go, we normally suffer for Jesus for at least a week uh, there. Uh, but you just have to. It's, it's the call of God in your life. You have to suffer wherever you go. So anyway, so, but uh, I was speaking for him and I was telling him, I, I feel like that the attacks of the enemy are increasing. And um, he said something to me that changed my life. He said, I think you're giving Satan too much credit. And I thought, wow, what a, what a, what a statement. And he said to me, Robert, if you're going to blame Satan when things are bad, then are you going to thank him when things are good? I mean, which one is it? And I got thinking about that. I got thinking, well, so if I feel like that I'm in a season where he's not attacking as much, you know, should I send him a gift basket or, you know, like, <laughs> thanks for decreasing your attacks. So we're, we're not in a season where Satan is attacking more. We're in a season where Satan is attacking. And it's been since the garden. He's always attacking. But what might be happening is that many of his attacks are landing more. And the only reason that happens is because the people of God are praying less. So I want you to think about this. We need to pray, and things change when we pray. God has given us the power of prayer. So, so I want to talk to you. I only have two points today, but it will not shorten the message, so don't get excited. But only two points today. Uh, here's number one. Take it seriously. You need to take it seriously, what's happening in our country and around the world right now. You need to always take spiritual warfare seriously. You need to take prayer seriously. So I want to start in Ephesians 6 and only look at one verse, but just to remind you about the war that we're in. Ephesians 6, verse 12, for we do not wrestle against Republicans <laughs> or Democrats. We don't wrestle against people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. 
but against principalities. Now, underline that word because we're going to come back to it and talk about it. I just want you to also notice that all that we're wrestling against here, all of these words are plural. So it's not just Satan, it's demonic forces, forces, plural. Watch the plurality. Maybe you've never seen plurality in, in verse 12, but watch it. Principalities against powers, against the rulers, plural, of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts, plural, of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, it says principalities. A, 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 a principality comes from two words. A palati means a city. So a principality is a prince over a city. You've, you've heard another word similar, municipality. A palati is a city. Muni is very similar from the Latin to our word many. So it means many over a city. And by the way, it's not city council, it's the citizens. In other words, it's ruled by the citizens who elect leaders, which is like our nation. Our nation is a democracy. It is a democratic republic. It is ruled by constitutional law by leaders that we elect. That's a democracy and a republic, a democratic republic, okay? So um, a principality is a prince over a city. Is this, now we got it right there in Ephesians 6, but is this all through scripture? Yes. Do you remember when Daniel was praying and fasting 21 days? So Daniel was on a 21-day fast, and let me show you what the, the, an angel comes to him in answer to his fast and in his prayer, and this is what he says. Then he said to me, Daniel 10, 12, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, so this is on the 21st day, for from the, on the first day, from the first day you set your heart to understand, another word would be that pray, and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, your prayers were heard. And I've come because of your words, because of your prayers. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, now we're understanding what a prince is, and I'll explain it to you in a moment, because we know what Michael is, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. There aren't only princes, there are kings. There are, there's a hierarchy among the demonic forces. And you say, well, boy, you talked about princes, and that bothered me. Now you're talking about there are kings in the demonic world. Don't let that bother you, because we know the king of kings. <laughs> so don't get bothered by that. So a prince is an angel, and the prince of Persia in this instance that's withstanding prayer would be a fallen angel. Because we know Michael, it says Michael, the chief prince, we know he's, a, he's an angel, and he's one of the three archangels named in the Bible. So he's an archangel. He's a ruling angel. So there's an angel that came to Daniel who's dream, trying, to, trying to bring the answer to his prayer, and he left heaven on the first day he prayed. On the first day, because he says, this, this, I've been fighting this angel 21 days. First day you prayed, God sent me with your answer. And I've been fighting the prince over this city to try to get through to you. Did you is that not amazing? Right there in your Bible. And he says, but you know what happened? 
Michael showed up and beat the snot out of him. The archangel Michael showed up. I mean, I, I was wrestling 21 days. I thought, you know, you could have come 20 days ago. But he shows up. Then he goes on down. Look at verse 20. Then he said, do you know why I've come to you? Because he's explained. In other words, you understand what I've told you. And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia, a prince over a city, a principality. And when I've gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. I got two suckers I got to fight now. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. This is what's noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael. Watch this carefully. Your prince. Think about that. He's talking to Daniel, who's a representative of the children of Israel, the people of God. And he said, let me tell you what the scripture says. No one upholds me. No one helps me against these except your prince. You have a prince. By the way, if you think, well, that's exciting. Michael's our prince. Oh, listen, let me tell you something more exciting than that. We know the prince of peace. You, you want to talk about a prince fighting for us, the only begotten of the Father fights for us. He's our prince. So he's fighting. So let me show you another example of demonic forces over a city, okay? This is Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, the, we call it the deliverance of the Gadarene demoniac. The reason we call him the Gadarene demoniac is because he was from Gadara. So he was Gadarene, all right? He was from Gadara. Gadara is one of the 10 Greek cities at the time of Christ. It's referred to in scripture as the Decapolis. Polis, again, refers to city. Deca is 10 in Greek. So it's 10 cities. And so Gadara is one of these 10 cities. So Jesus goes over and there's a demonic man there and he's setting him free but he talks to the demon in this man. And watch what this demonic spirit says. Jesus said to him, Mark 5, verse 8, for he, capital H, Jesus said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion. Uh, Let me just, I'll just stop and go ahead and clarify that. Legion uh, was a Roman word that meant 6,000 soldiers. So he said, my, my name is Legion, and it means 6,000. Now, some will say four to 6,000, but most historical documents will always say it's 6,000. 6,000. My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him, this is what many people miss from this passage, earnestly, that he, Jesus, watch, would not send them out of the country. Why? I'm telling you, so many people miss this. Right there in Scripture. Legion, this, this, this ruler of demons, a prince, over 6,000 demons. Jesus is going to cast him out of a man. And he begs him earnestly, don't send us out of this country, out of this region, out of this city. Why? Because they had strongholds in that country. They had been building up strongholds. 
This is very important to understand. Satan has been building strongholds in America for years. For years. But we as believers can come against those strongholds in prayer. God can reveal those strongholds to us. When God called us to, to South Lake to plant, and I'm not trying to say something negative about the city, but God showed me two strongholds in this area, and they were pride and greed. And isn't it amazing that Gateway Church came in with the spirit of humility and generosity? <laughs> the opposite spirits. And God broke that stronghold. So there, there can be a stronghold. Now, I want to just take one stronghold that Satan has been working on in America because America was founded, and and you can look it up. William Bradford stood on Plymouth Rock and said, we found this nation for the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is it a perfect nation? By far, no. No way. Absolutely not. No way, okay? But it was founded where all were created equal. This is what they put. All are created equal by their creator and endowed with certain inalienable rights by their creator. Life, liberty, which should be freedom and the pursuit of happiness. Now, obviously, we've been, been on a long road in that area. I understand that. But America was founded for the right purpose. And it's the longest running government in the history of the world. Most governments have an average of 15 to 20 years. And we're over 240 now. So it's incredible because it was founded, not not perfectly, please don't hear me say that, not perfectly, very imperfectly by imperfect humans. But the principles were right. So Satan has been trying to tear down because this is freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, and freedom of assembly. That's the First Amendment. First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, and freedom of assembly, to assemble. So Satan's been trying to tear down freedom. So I just want to say one stronghold, and you need to understand, because some of you might tend toward saying, we need to be a little more this way, but I want to just beg you, plead with you to study it. And here's a stronghold that Satan has been working on our nation, and that's socialism. 30%. 30% of Americans under the age of 35 say they're in favor of socialism. 98% of those that say they're in favor could not define it. Could not define it. And their definition was wrong, whatever they said. The number one tenet of socialism, just study it, simple. Number one tenet is no private property. No private property. The, 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 the young people who are saying they're in favor of it are talking on their cell phones. No. No private property. None. And, and this is what they feel like that it stands for. This is what their number one answer. Free education and free medical help. Free education and free medicine. Let me tell you why that's a lie. It's not free. It's not free. Most socialist countries, tax rate, 57%. I don't know what you make. Just do it in your head. 
but just do 50% to make it easy math. If you make 50,000, do you want to pay 25,000 in taxes? That's called free education. And that's called free medical. It's free. By the way, this free education, in socialist countries, the government tells you how far you can be educated by testing you. So if you don't test high enough, they can say, no, you don't get to go to college. You're going to be a factory worker. That's socialism. Socialism has never worked in any nation in the world. There are a few nations now that say they're still under a socialistic government, but what they did, listen to what they did. They allowed individuals to own property and to have business. That's called capitalism. Capital. Capital comes from the word. Capitalism comes from the word capital. It means property. It's the only way it works anywhere in the world. So it's not socialism. There are so many lies about it. And I'm not going to preach the whole message on it. But just so you know, the only countries in the world that have experienced genocide are communist nations. The only ones. And every communist nation in the world has had genocide. If you don't know what genocide is, it's the killing of people who are dis- different from you, different race, different religion, or disagree with you ideologically. That's what genocide is. In a hundred years, in four communist nations, they killed conservative estimates over a hundred million people. And here's what's bothering me. 50 years ago, I'm, I'm 59, 50 years ago when I was nine years old, we could pray in our schools. We started every morning saying we believe in one nation under God. And we did not allow abortions. Now, not only do people not believe that life begins at conception, now, if you read it, all you got to do is read it, they believe that it not only, doesn't even begin at birth, it begins when the doctor certifies you. So if a baby is born with a physical or mental defect, they could say, we can terminate this life. So that's happened in the last 50 years. What's going to happen in the next 50? And here's the, here's the amazing thing. Please hear me. A lot of people are feeling like, well, it's not going to happen for a long time. The most descriptive verse in the Bible of selfishness is in Isaiah 39. It's when Isaiah goes to Hezekiah and pronounces judgment. And he says, here's what's going to happen. Your children and grandchildren are going to go into bondage. And Hezekiah's response was, well, at least there will be peace in my days. That's sad when Christians say, well, I know it's going to happen to my grandchildren, but I'm not going to do anything about it. We've got to stand up and we've got to do something about it. And the number one thing we can do is pray. That's the number one thing we can pray. So, point number one, don't take it too, point number one is take it seriously. Point number two is don't take it too seriously. (laughs) You say, well, you just talked about communism. Okay, no, hang on. I'm not invalidating point one. Here's what I'm saying. Don't get stressed out about it. 
Because we do know, even though there are princes at work, we know the king. So you don't get too stressed out. I can remember a time when I slacked off in my prayer life. And I told, I said to the Lord, Lord, why? Why have I slacked off in my prayer life? You know what he said? Because these problems that you're in your life right now, you don't want to think about them. Out of sight, out of mind. So you don't even want to pray about them because then you have to think about them. But then he said to me, son, I did not design prayer to put a burden on you. I designed prayer to take a burden off of you. So you're not going to get more stressed out when you pray about stuff. You're going to get more stressed out when you don't pray about stuff because you're still carrying the burden. You can only carry a burden as a believer to Jesus' feet. That's as far as you can carry it. And I've told you this before, but it bears repeating. We're sheep. Sheep are not burden-bearing animals. You've never heard anyone say, I'm going on a safari. I need to rent some packed sheep. <laughs> we weren't designed for that. Look, look, at, um, look at this verse. I don't even know where I am. Okay, here it is. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Okay, be anxious for nothing. Have anxiety. Don't have, let me say this way, don't have anxiety over a worldwide pandemic. That's what he just said. Be anxious for nothing. Have no anxiety. How are you going to have no anxiety? Pray. So, be anxious for nothing. How are we going to do that, God? Pray about everything. Be anxious for no thing. How? Pray about everything. You just pray about everything, and you'll be anxious for no thing. Remember the, the word nothing, combination two words, no thing. Everything, combination two words, everything. Some of you are like, ah, oh, that's good. If you have any anxiety about what's going on in America right now and the world, pray. Pray. Let me show you another verse, very familiar, 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, this word casting in the Greek is actually two words. The first word is throw, to throw, throw something. But the second word is a burden. So this is what this verse is saying. Throw your burdens on Jesus, for he cares for you. Throw your burdens on him. Just throw your burdens on him. Let me show you an Old Testament verse that I really like. Psalm 55, 22. Cast your burden on the Lord. There it is. Throw your burden on the Lord. And he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Okay, now, notice the only, the people he sustains are the people who cast their burden on him. Cast your burden on him and he'll sustain you. Well, what if you keep your burden? Cast your burden and God will sustain you. And then it says, he will never permit the righteous to be moved. This actually, this verse and one other verse, I think, uh, because it's so close, similar, um, inspired an old hymn. I shall, I shall, I shall not be moved. Remember that? Okay, sorry. <laughs> See the older people. Oh, yeah, I remember that. 
I shall, I shall, I shall not be moved like a tree. You remember that? Okay, well, if you want to hear the old hymn, uh, the whole hymn, just you can get uh, hymns by Pastor Roberts in the bookstore. So uh, that'll never, never happen, by the way. Okay, so how can you, I, I, the, the, my email was, I'm thinking about you, concerned about you. But I said, we need to do two things, hope in God and pray. So how can you hope in God and pray? I want to go back to Ephesians 6, and I want to show you something that's going to just absolutely blow you away. It, this is going to blow you away. Because I'm going to then combine it with the Colossians, all right? Ephesians 6, where we started, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Now, we know that's referring to demonic forces, all right? We know that. Rulers of the darkness of the state, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We, we know what it's referring to. And, and it talks about having done all to stand, stand therefore. And all, okay, okay. Principalities and powers. Principalities and powers. Demonic forces. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Please do not answer out loud. Okay, don't answer out loud. Just answer in your, in your mind, okay? Principalities and powers are demonic forces. Who's the head of demonic forces? Now, hold on. Don't answer out loud. Principalities and powers. Can you, can you say, just say it, please. Say principalities and powers. One more time. Principalities and powers. And those are demonic forces. I'm going to read you two verses now that we know these verses and we say them, but we don't read the second part of the second verse. We don't say it. We actually quote the first, the fir- the first verse and the first part of the second verse. But the second part. Now, principalities and powers are demonic forces. Everyone remember that? Hello? Okay. Colossians 2, verse 9. For in him, that's Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. I'm telling you, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the head of all, the whole universe, everything. Jesus and Satan are not fighting. Satan is a created being, and Jesus is still the Lord. He's the Lord. He's God. He is God. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. All right, just keep standing. I had a closing illustration, but it's not that good now. It was good, but now it's not that good, huh? Make a note. Save this one for another message. All right, close your eyes, will you? Ask the Holy Spirit like we do every week. Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? Just take a moment. Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? There's there's fear. We have things going on in our nation. We have civil unrest. We have people who are looting and destroying businesses, murdering people. And we have tension and disunity like we've never, probably never had in our nation. And we know the answer. We're the people of God. The answer is not uh, uh, an an elephant or a donkey. It's a lamb. It's a lamb named Jesus Christ. So 
So we, the people of God, need to pray. So I want to call us to prayer as a church. Let's just go into a season of prayer, not anxiety as the people of God. Lord, I want to tell you, thank you. We know there are principalities and powers in this world, but we thank you that you are Lord. You are still on the throne. You are God. And we come to you as the people of God and we pray for our nation. We pray for divine health. Lord, we pray for every family. God, we pray for the unrest in our nation. We pray for the strongholds that the enemy is trying to to put in our nation against freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. God, we pray, God, that you will bring a revival. That's the only thing that's going to help our nation is a revival of the Holy Spirit and people coming to Christ and coming to faith. So, Lord, as the people of God, I pray that you will take this message and light a fire under us that we will come to the throne room of God every day and we will pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen.